somehow um, does a move to John Cena, and then John Cena gets pinned. By the way, John Cena is now 7-1 at the Survivor Series. That's a good thing. That's his first time, his first loss ever at the Survivor Series, really? Yeah, he's 7-1 now, so uh, that was a good. And to end uh, end the pay-per-view the same way was good. Uh, Punk is now a champion for one full year. You told me, I believe, that Triple H is is intending on making CM Punk uh, have a long title reign. Well, (laughs) I think his intentions have already come true because he's held the title for over 365 days. At this point, today would be 367, uh, over a full calendar year. And I'm pretty sure he's going to hold it at least until the Royal Rumble. So, you know, I could do a little research and find out how long that is. But he's definitely going to have one of the longest reigns of all time. He's ready to pass, I believe, uh, Randy Savage and uh, someone else. He's passed one of Hulk Hogan's reigns. He passed Diesel's reign. I mean, it's literally right there, sir. It's just an amazing, an amazing title reign by CM Punk. But unfortunately, when you take his whole title reign into account, it's just, I mean, it hasn't been, he, he's beaten some guys, yes, but it's been subpar. I mean, how many guys turn heel in the middle of a title reign? And switch sides, and I remember, you know, how excited we were when he first won, and he's held title for all this time, which is a good thing. He's not John Cena, but, sir, it's, you know, it's been a while, so I'm not sure where they're going with this, if it's going to end at the Rumble against The Rock. I think he should win at the Rumble and actually keep it until WrestleMania and lose to The Rock because I know a lot of fans are going to be pissed if The Rock comes back after never appearing on TV and winning the title immediately. I agree with you. Um, I think CM Punk should carry the title into the WrestleMania, I think that'd be a uh, a real downer for morale uh, if, if if Rock, who never wrestles except for last WrestleMania, comes in and then beats CM Punk at the Royal Rumble. The one impressive thing that we really don't touch upon is that when you compare these title runs between like Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, and now CM Punk, the one thing that you have to remember is that back in the day, uh, these titles were only defended on those major pay-per-views. They were re- rarely defended on um, you know regular TV. These guys kept the titles forever because there wasn't that many shows, there wasn't that many pay-per-views. Right. You're you're right about that, and uh, you know, <clears throat> but regardless, Bruno San Martino held the title for eight years. I mean, there's no, there's no getting around that, sir. No, there's not. So CM Punk now carries the the title into the next pay-per-view, and I think the next pay-per-view is perfectly set up for what you told me about Mick Foley taking on. Um, CM Punk in a TLC match. Well, I read actually that Foley is is denying those claims, so I'm not sure how true that is. But I think it would be it would be a good move to to have him face someone like Foley. They're going to be at the Barclays Center where the Nets play the first pay per view there, so that's uh, that's pretty interesting. We'll, we'll kind of see where that goes, sir. And when Punk finishes, if he does lose it at the Rumble, he'll have held the title for 441 days. Wow, that 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 is impressive. It's an impressive run. And uh, the one thing that we both agree again is that CM Punk. Uh, was just a cool champion, and then he turned heel. Um, the, the things that he would say um, when he first became champion were really cool, and now he's just become a corporate champion, uh, just a typical, um, you know, Vince, you know, kiss ass. Uh, this, <laughs> a Vince Stooge, as it were? A Vince Stooge. I mean, uh, Paul Heyman's there. Okay, uh, it's interesting. The, the one thing that I don't like is the way um, Jerry Lola gets brought back, uh, was last week or two weeks ago, and they make fun of him, um, make fun of his heart attack, and they fake a heart attack. That kind of stuff, to me, is not even PG. And if you're going to be PG about it, you're not going to make fun of somebody that had a heart attack uh, on live TV. So to me, it's, a, it's just poor taste in Vince's and, and, and Triple H's uh, in, in my book when when they do things like that. Well, hold on a second. I'll get to that point in a second. But, sir, you realize that if Punk holds the title to WrestleMania, he will have held it for 512 days. That is impressive. 
So Bill, he made this ridiculous comment about, and I get the whole heel tactic of it. Oh, he's going to be champion until 2018, which is would break Bruno Sammartino's record. That's so idiotic. Guy just makes a year, and he's talking about holding it for seven more years. But um, aside from that, sir, going back to the the point that you just made, let me ask you: Don't you think it's a bit uh, it's a bit heavy handed to say, well, you know, he shouldn't have, they shouldn't have done this whole Jerry Lawler fake heart attack thing? Because, sir. We complain that the attitude error is not here. When they show a little bit of attitude and Paul Heyman addressed that on Monday, then we com- then we cry like little girls. I mean, are we just unhappy fans? No matter what they do, we're going to be upset because I know you made the point. And I thought it was a good one, but now that I think about it, I don't know. I, I think you're taking it too far. I mean, Jerry Lawler was obviously okay with it, so why aren't we okay with it? It was he almost died, not us. Yeah, I mean, you have a point. Come I, on. <laughs> the my argument about that is that. You, you're you're dealing with death. I mean, even but he when, didn't die. Right. He's alive. If he if he had died and then they had done that, now that is in poor taste. It, it, it might refresh my memory. Didn't they make fun of uh, Eddie Guerrero when he died? <laughs> well, Randy Orton said, and I quote: "Eddie Guerrero was burning in hell to Rey Mysterio." That was so bad. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> I have to admit that that that's poor taste, sir. Poor taste. The other thing that's in poor taste, and, um, you know, it's a male soap opera, I get it and all that, but this whole A.J. John Cena angle between... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How is that poor taste? What, between John Cena yeah, and A.J.? how is that poor... It may not be a good angle, but how is poor taste? I mean, you... go ahead. I, I got to hear this. My, my, my feeling on that is that John Cena is like the modern-day Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and you got him now... Uh, Kissing women on on air and 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 AJ is just a psychopath. So I just don't get that. That's that's what I mean. So what would you prefer that he was you know hulking out and ripping his shirt off and stuff? I mean, it's, it honestly the again not a great angle per se. I don't think it's uh it's interesting. I have to admit I was cracking up uh, watching AJ and Cena make out. I mean they definitely look like they enjoyed that a little bit too much. But you talk about it being a male soap opera and um, I mean. This is what they do. Do you remember years ago when at WrestleMania 20, I believe, when Chris Jericho and Christian and Lita and Trish had that whole love, you know, square, whatever you want to call it? I mean, it's part of wrestling. Look at Randy Savage and, and Miss Elizabeth and the jealousy over Hulk Hogan. There's always some type of quote-unquote romance. And if he's Hulk Hogan, then I guess that makes AJ, uh, Miss Elizabeth, or something, or okay. Sherry or someone. Maybe I'm not supposed to be thinking logical, but there was weeks upon weeks that John Cena and AJ were denying all this kind of stuff. And then John Cena does, uh, he throws a quote unquote curveball and says, Let me give you something to really talk about. And then he kisses her. <laughs> well, where did you want to give her an attitude adjustment? I mean, what I thought was interesting, and I've heard conflicting reports on this that he's injured, that he's not injured. If he's not injured, he did a hell of a job selling that knee on Monday, sir. He did, yeah. And I mean, I read that he actually wrestled Heath Slater, so he, he's got to be okay. But that is the best sell job I've ever seen. That was a very good sell job, but I don't know why you have to sell a, a fake injury. Uh, how that plays into the storyline, but then again, uh, you know, I think logically, Vince thinks we're uh, dumb. I mean, he's on a, more than one occasion, sir. Vince thinks that week to week, uh, the fans forget about storylines, and he can just make up things as he goes along. Yeah, you're right. Um, the interesting thing is that I I don't think most fans are like us. I think that they kind of take it, do whatever they can, listen to whatever they can. They're not people like us where we really take this stuff seriously, we really get upset, we really get so involved in it. I think a lot of fans just kind of watch it and like, yeah, you know, they they don't mind getting shoveled garbage. They just, it's force-fed, as it were. You're right. I, I think that being 
from the Attitude Era, that's when you know wrestling was at its high point uh, with the Generation X. You had the Nation of Domination. You had uh, the you know the war between Nitro. There was just more consistency. Nowadays, you know, you got no competition, like we always say, and you got storylines that get dropped. You got storylines that you know reoccur. It's just all over the map. And I guess you're right. We just take it too seriously. It's a fake, you know, it's sports entertainment. It's not sports, so we shouldn't really uh, go nuts about it. But we do go nuts about it, and that's why this is pure gold, and that's why we're wrestling fans. Because, well, I know you and I were just talking earlier this week uh, off the air how we stopped watching wrestling and we're not interested. And then this whole thing happens. And again, I really wanted to see what would happen with the three guys, and we'll kind of see where that goes, what the explanation is. Are they involved with Punk? Are they involved with Heyman? You know, we'll kind of see where that goes. The the other storyline, um, I guess, which to me, uh, we we both agree that the Big Show having the World Heavyweight Title on SmackDown just you know is just so bad for on so many levels. Who, who thought that was a good idea? Somebody has to explain to me who in their right mind said, "Well, let's put the belt on Big Show, who's like forty five and hasn't been relevant in years because the WWE has made him an absolute disaster." I just don't understand like Vince or Triple H or whoever made the call. The Big Show. I mean, is he talented? Yes, but come on. The guy, he does not need to be World Heavyweight Champion or WWE Champion or any kind of champion. I mean, Paul White is 40 years old. Come on. Seriously? Seriously. I, I guess they're they're banking on a TLC match in December, which will be uh, a pretty decent match. I think you put Big Show in gimmick matches, and you have a, a decent match, a decent storyline there. And regular matches, probably not. Uh, another reason why I didn't think uh, Survivor Series was a good buy. Well, yeah, of course. And, you know, you and I, we like to save our money. We don't like to spend it up, as it were. I think too many people sit there and, and waste time and waste their money, etc., etc. But the truth is, you know what? People are fans. They're going to watch. The, they're going to be shoveled whatever they can take. And, you know, they're going to like it. It is what it is. I just wanted to mention a note here. Um, we had we had Mr. Uh, Mr. One of our fans on Facebook sent us a, a message, um, J.P. Zamet, and he told me about Rene Paquette, who is, of course, the best in the world. Um, she was on our show for a while. She just did amazing. She really, really, really did a did a great job on our show, one of our more interesting shows. Now she's actually called Renee Young in the WWE and just wanted to give her a shout-out for being a part of the WWE and the fact that, um, you know, Pure Gold made her what she is today. Who's that one wrestler uh, that we had on back in the IWF days that made it to WWE? Uh, oh, Flex Freeman, who is now Tion. Uh, wait, no, Dante Dash in the in the NXT. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll be coming up next to take on Ryback and get destroyed by him. You never know. And speaking of Ryback, um, is is that gimmick uh, too similar to Goldberg in terms of like it seems like if he doesn't get uh, some kind of weird finish. He's always beating his opponents. Is, is it too much Goldberg? Um, I don't know. I think Ryback in RVD's attire trying to be Goldberg is a little bit too much for me. You're yeah, right. I agree. Do you notice the little R's on his bicep? They look exactly like the ends from the, uh, Nexus when they had that whole mess going on. It's very bizarre. So, you know, Ryback is – he gets a title shot. He doesn't win the title in two occasions, two back-to-back pay-per-views. You know, does he win the Royal Rumble at this point? I honestly, I don't think so. You don't want this guy. Come on. The, the guy, if you watched, did you watch uh, Monday when he was wrestling against uh, against Tensai? He was blown up like three minutes into the match. You cannot have a guy like this as your world heavyweight champion. Goldberg had stamina. Goldberg was smaller than Ryback. And, and, you know, he's a big guy, but a little bit smaller in terms of all the muscle mass. And Ryback just looks like a mess. He looks like he's too big 
for his own good. He's too enormous, and he he looks tired in his matches. So you can't have somebody like that leading your company. You can't have somebody like that as as the focal point. And going into WrestleMania, come on, and this guy's here, the flavor of the month. He's going to be gone eventually. No one's going to remember Ryback, which is an idiotic name, by the way. But when you take the, the picture into account, it's going to be Cena, Rock, and, and Punk, or some variation of those three at WrestleMania. So I'm hoping it'll be Rock and Punk in a rematch. No, I agree with you. I mean, I would love to see that, and I would love to see John Cena against Taker, because Taker only wrestles once a year now, which is a joke in all itself. The streak is a joke. And uh, we're waving at people here. Yeah, I just seen that to the fans, whoever may be watching on Ustream. Oh, thank you. Thank you for watching us talk about sports and sports <laughs> entertainment. Uh, the only other note about uh, wrestling that I want to talk about is that it seems like uh, Dolph Ziggler, is, his time is running out to cash in the title. Maybe he cashes in at TLC. I think that's a perfect opportune time for a heel um, to win you know, a, a title that way because if he doesn't, he's got to cash in at what? Well, he's main evented the Royal Rumble the last two years in a row, so maybe he'll ca- – what I'd like to see is somebody cash it in and like RVD did in Terry, I'm cashing my title shot in at the Royal Rumble. Give him advance notice. But the problem is you have to take the title off the show, so why did, why did Sheamus lose it in the first place? The only way I could see it is if you have Sheamus win it at TLC and then lose it immediately to Dolph Ziggler and then go into feud at, uh, you know – maybe leading up until WrestleMania again. Yeah. So wrestling uh, is stale to us, I mean, for fans. Uh, and I'm sure that you could, you, you probably don't know them all can, but the race can't be good the last couple of months. No, they, they can't be good. And, uh, you know, I'm going to check this out here because I actually saw there was an early rating earlier this week. So we'll kind of, I'll see if I can find that, sir, online. But um, the ratings were not very good. And, I mean, let's be honest, what do you expect? I mean, who who cares other than the diehard wrestling fans who, you know, again, I go back to the same point. People talking about it like six hours a week on Busted Open, I can't imagine that. You know, Justin and, and uh, Josh who report about it all the time, honestly, I can't imagine it. And let me give you the ratings, um, the early ratings, as it were, that, that came out, I believe it was uh, yesterday. Well, there's an official number for Monday's Raw rating. Um, they can, reading off WrestleZone, Mike Killiam wrote this. He said, WrestleZone reported earlier today on low viewership numbers coming in from this week's episode of Raw. We can now confirm that Raw drew a 2.72 awesome. cable rating, which is not nearly as bad as October's record low, but it is bad. It's down from last week's 2.9, sir. Uh, and the part that the segment that drew the worst, apparently, was the main event segment. To me, it's always a bad sign for your ratings to be dropping after a pay-per-view. People usually tune in to watch what happened after the pay-per-view so they can see new storylines develop or just find out what happened after Which the is what we did. <laughs> That's what we did. But um, is there anything else on wrestling, sir? Or can we uh, move on to a, a separate topic? Let's move on to a couple of small topics before Lisa Mateo comes on at 6.30. Once again, folks, you're listening to Pure Gold on Ironbound Radio. 16, the best show out there. 16.40 a.m. Uh, let's talk about basketball since we got a few minutes um, the season has started, and uh, boy, was I wrong about your New York Knicks. This team looks like they're hungry. They're not old. They're playing good basketball. They're on the road. They're winning. They're winning by a margin of sometimes 15 to 20 points. Um, what do you think so far with this hot start with the Knicks? I think it's great. I know that Angel from Woodland Park had told me off the air that we should have been talking about basketball last week. But I feel like it's a little bit too early to, to get too deep into basketball. It's not like football where every week, you know, it's it's – now becoming do or die. I think that 8-1 is a great start. They're looking good. I know Amari Stoudemire is injured, so they're doing all this without him. Carmelo's looking great. I mean, 
let's face it, the Knicks being a good team and the Knicks being competitive and the Knicks winning basketball games is good for New York. It's good for New Jersey. It's good for everyone. Um, and and it's exciting to you know to be able to say that the Knicks are are not a terrible franchise. But the thing is, it's early. It's only nine games, sir. But this is such a good start. Um, I mean, you know, where can the Knicks end up if, if they keep this if they keep this going? Who knows? Maybe they'll will have a great year this year, sir. You look at the East, though. I mean, you got the Bulls, of course. You got the defending champions, the Miami Heat. I just think that if the Knicks are going to play this kind of spirit of basketball, stay healthy. Carmelo Anthony plays team ball. Um, it's got to be a recipe for success for the Knicks. Uh, they, they they already blew out the, the Miami Heat, and I guess that could be a throwaway game because it was the week, uh, the couple of days after the hurricane. The Heat didn't feel like they should be playing Madison Square Garden. They got blown out by right. 20 points. Uh, but the, if the Knicks are going to play this way, going to play good defense, have Carmelo actually not be a ball hog and score 40 points and everyone else score like in the low digits, uh, I think this is going to be good for the Knicks. Uh, Amara Stoudemire is still, on the be- um, still hurt, so when he comes back, he's going to be a good guy off the bench. This team is going to be good if they stay healthy. I know it's only early to say. Yeah, of course. So I'm looking at the standings here. They're a couple games up on the, on the Nets, who started out terribly. Now they're pulling up ahead. They're 6-3. and three. But the, the Knicks have the best record in basketball. They're 4-0 and at home and 4-1 and on the road, which is great because a lot of times, you know, you can do good at home and stink on the road, but they're playing equally well on both sides of the court, both uh, areas. So if they can keep this up, sir, who knows? I mean, the Knicks could be one of the one of the teams to watch this year, sir. Um, when you look at the, the Lakers, who started out was a 1-4, 1-5, they fired their coach, Mike Brown. Now they have Mike D'Antoni. They've won like four games in a row, uh, three games in a row. So now they're, you know, 6-5. and five. That That's a, quite a turnaround. But, again, you know, you look at that. Your your Celtics are six and five. Uh, any thoughts on that, sir? Yeah, I was going to mention the Celtics. Uh, to me, right now, I don't know. I don't know if it's just their defense. They they got younger. They got Ray Ray Allen. He's on the Miami Heat now. But you know, uh, Kevin Garnett is a year older. It looks like he he got his contract and now he's not playing as spirited. But again, it's such a long season with basketball and it takes such a toll on these guys' knees, especially the old veterans, Paul Pierce and uh, Kevin Garnett. Um, you know, even Victor. You remember Vic from um, up up north in Boston? Yeah, is he still at uh, the Betty Ford Clinic? Still at the Betty Ford Clinic. But he told me just the other day that um, this team was just coast into the playoffs and then turn it on because that's what old veteran teams do. So uh, I don't know if uh, getting an eight seed is a thing that the the Celtics are going to want to do. I mean, try to get one of the top four seeds. That's okay with me. And then you just uh, go from there and hopefully you can compete. Remember last year. The Celtics had a five seed, and they were almost uh, they put the Miami Heat to the brink of the Eastern Conference Finals. There was a chance that actually the Celtics would have went to the finals, but uh, the Heat turned it on. LeBron James showed his dominance, and uh, that was that. Yeah, that that pretty much sucked. Uh, I can't stand the Heat, and your your scumbum team should have knocked them off. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's uh, old news. But you you look at the uh, the West, and you got Memphis, you got the Spurs, the Clippers, the Lakers now, the Thunder. The West is so heavily stacked right now compared to the East. I, I just think that uh, whoever comes out of that West um, is going to be the favorite to win the title, unless maybe it is Miami Heat. Um, I, I don't I don't think Miami is that hungry this year for some reason. And I know that I can't base that off of anything, but I just don't think LeBron James and the Miami Heat are going to be hungry to win another title this year. I think they're going to rest on their championship from last year. I think a team from the West is going to win the title, maybe Memphis, maybe the Thunder this year. It's uh, it's still way early to tell, but I just want to touch on some basketball. Yeah, we haven't talked basketball at all this year. We really haven't. This season just started when you got plenty of time for that. Yeah, of course. And then when the you know when the playoffs are over, playoffs, 
you know, rolling into February and January and whatnot, we'll get a little bit more into basketball. You have a better idea where the teams stack up, where they're at, and what the, you know, what their their outlook may be, you know, going forward for the season. But when you're nine, ten games into the year, eleven games, yeah, it is what it is. You've still got about seventy games left. Right. So let's touch upon baseball for the next five minutes before we take a break. Um, just some baseball news and notes. Uh, last week we mentioned how Ari Diki won the Cy Young Award, and uh, he won it quite convincingly, sir. There was no doubt about that. Yep. That Ari Dickey is the NL Cy Young Award winner. Very good news. Absolutely. As a Mets fan, we talked about this briefly. As a Mets fan, I mean, you know, it's ecstatic. He deserved it. Nobody deserved it better. I mean, he literally blew out Clayton Kershaw. He blew out uh, Gio Gonzalez, and he deserved it because, again, if you take him off that team uh, and, and switch one of the other guys, they they would have been okay. But you put him on the Nationals, guy wins 30 games. I mean, realistically, 25 games probably because he is unbelievable. Just did an amazing job, and uh, he's you know he's a heck of a he's a heck of a pitcher. Now, sir, are the Mets going to trade him? Is my question. What are they going to do? There's been a lot of talk on that on Talk Radio. If the Mets are going to, if they sign him, I'd say give him three years, thirty million. But uh, what do you think, sir? No, I agree with you. We talked about this off the air, and three for thirty sounds a fair deal. Uh, I don't know if um, I don't know if I trade R.A. Dickey. Uh, maybe John Neese for an outfielder. Maybe that's what I would do. But uh, you know, R.A. Dickey just wins the title uh, of you know just wins the Cy Young, and and I don't know about just trading him the year after he wins that. I think that. You know, you've done enough as a, a the Mets ownership to 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 rip your fans and and just like take the morale out of them by just you know not resigning Jose Reyes, which again we probably didn't want Jose Reyes. Well, I look at him now; he's like, playing up in oh Canada. He's over there playing in uh you know in, in Toronto now. It's interesting. The Toronto Blue Jays are becoming this super powerhouse, making this huge trade with the Marlins. Um, the, are you surprised that trade went through? No, I'm not surprised the trade went through. I think that. Um, you know, you look at the team. I, what what surprises me is that they allow John Loria or Jeff Loria, Jeffy Loria, to still be involved in baseball, sir. Because this guy trades off all of his talent. I mean, this time they didn't even win a title. They just said, "Ah, oh, well, we're gonna get rid of everybody." <laughs> and the the big controversy that I wanted to bring up in baseball is uh, not even a controversy to us, and uh, we must be the only logical people here because I mean, it only makes sense. You, you have the MVP of the American League, and to me, it's no doubt about it. The guy that wins the Triple Crown, we haven't had a Triple Crown in over, like, 25 years. The guy that uh, wins the Triple Crown, Miguel Cabrera, um, is, to me, a no-brainer for MVP. He brought his team, He you know, not only did he put the stats and won the Triple Crown, he put his team into the playoffs. He World brought, Series, sir. Brought to the World Series, and then you got these Trout, um, what's his first name, Mike? Mike Trout, yeah, Mike from Trout. New Jersey, by the way. Yeah, from New Jersey, maybe that's what it is. Uh, but Mike Trout, people are arguing that this guy should have won the MVP. Yeah, I mean, people saying that Mike Trout got robbed. Are you a moron? Are you blind? Are you on drugs? you got to be one of the above because you just said it. Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown. Nobody's won the Triple Crown since 1967 and Carl Yastrzemski, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, seriously, he had an amazing season. Like you said, took his team to the World Series, folks. He is the most valuable player. End of story. Mike Trout had a great year. He won the you know the uh, rookie of the year. That's great. But how can you how can you say I, what what are we what are you doing? How can you say that he got robbed? Unbelievable. These people are morons, sir. Yeah, and that's all I got about baseball. I figured we we fit that in. Let's uh, take a break. On the other side of the uh, half hour, we'll have Lisa Mateo on from the Picks News. You're listening to Pure Gold on Iron Bound Radio 1640. We'll be right back. This is Alicia from WSU Wrestling, and you're listening to Pure Gold. 
with the uh, Black Friday thing for the Bears? Hi, this is Amanda Guerrero from humorandspice.blogspot.com and on Twitter at Humor and Spice. You're listening to Pure Gold Radio, where they cover everything and tell it like it is. This is Miss Pennsylvania, USA, 2011, Amber Joy Watkins. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold every week. Check them out for yourself at puregoldpg.com. It is truly a show about... Hey, this is Ana Rodriguez, Miss Texas, USA, 2011, and I want you to check out Pure Gold Radio at puregoldpg.com. You can listen in to their show every week with David and Joe. They are simply pure gold. Hi, I'm Anna Zelensky, and make sure to tune in to Pure Gold, where you can hear great interviews, wonderful insight, and the best talk radio around. Folks, we are back here on Pure Gold, and uh, we have our guest on, but before we do, sir... I'd like to play a little sound bite. Um, this is, you and I have talked about this. This is literally one of our absolute favorite sound bites, and she is one of our absolute favorite guests. I'm Lisa Mateo from the Pix11 Morning News in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around. Folks, we are proud and privileged and honored to be joined by the one and only Lisa Mateo of WPIX11. And Lisa is now the host, the host. of Tastemakers, a show that I personally have watched. Um, really? Lisa, how are you? <laughs> Lisa, how are you doing? I am doing great. Wow, that was like the best intro ever. <laughs> it, really, it really was. I mean... Oh, you're one, and I know Joe and I were talking about this on the way in, and I was telling him I'm really gonna ham it up today with Lisa, but but I'm gonna mean everything that I say. And let's start out with your show. Um, you know, last time you were on, you were kind of you're doing a lot of things on Channel 11, which of course you still do, but now you have your own program. And I saw the episode of the Boomer and Carton, and I told Joe, I said, man, you know, it's a really interesting show. You're you're great. You're a, you're a wonderful host. You, you know, I was explaining to him all the different things that happen on the show. But what yeah. really sells me on it is you. And what I mean is, you're so energetic. You're so bubbly. You're so like you're, you're just you're awesome. And I and I don't want to like butter you up to the point where you think that I'm not <laughs> being honest. But I love Lisa Mateo, and I, I tell you, Aww. you know, one day we're gonna see you famous on E or Entertainment Tonight or one of those like huge shows, and <laughs> we're gonna be honored to say she was on oh, our program at one point. One day, one day, I tell you. No, I think it's just uh, I'm delirious. Maybe that's the whole point. <laughs> I do the morning show, I go straight to shoot this show. Yeah, it's a little crazy, but I, I absolutely, I'm having. So much fun with this show. I mean, it's just you know we we pick a celebrity, we pick them up in this in, in a car, go to their favorite restaurant. So we're talking with them about what they're doing and you know the latest thing that they have going on in their career. And then we get to the restaurant and we eat. We learn how to make the dish. So I get to talk to celebrities and eat. I mean, there's nothing better than that. <laughs> there really isn't, Lisa. Now let me ask you because because I've listened to Boomer and Carton uh, on the morning when, on my way into work. Oh yeah. What, what did you think of your experience with uh, Carton particularly? He <laughs> behaved. I have to say, I know I was nervous about Carton because we've had him on the on the, our morning show in New York and right. 
he was a little, you know, his little quotes, uh, you know, calling girls a hot box of rocks. Like I was kind of like, I don't know about this. <laughs> but I was like, all right, let's let's see how he behaved, and he did. You know, there were a couple, maybe like one or two little comments that kind of slipped through the crack a little. But he, he, I tell you, they're they're really like funny guys. I mean, Boomer. I mean, gosh, I mean, Boomer Sison. I mean, <laughs> that was just incredible to sit there with him and talk. But they were just great guys. They have this great chemistry amongst one another, just kind of like how you guys do. I mean, you have this like it's kind of like you've known each other for years, kind of you know, same energy that you have. So. Well, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Uh, we actually have known each other for years. Was fifteen at this point? Um, wow! But, yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, Joe, funny thing is, Joe was actually my manager at one of my first jobs when I was in high school. Uh, he was my no. supervisor, and uh, you know we just stayed friends ever since. Since I was about seventeen or so, but um, you know Boomer and Carter have been on the air for five six years. I personally, I listen to the show because there's really yeah. nothing else on in the morning. I'm not a fan of Carton, like the stuff that you just mentioned. Um, yeah, but. You know, like I said, like you said, he did behave himself, which was good. He does make some things that, you know, make some comments that really are just like, wow. But, um, you know, I was listening to your show, and I also commented to uh, to uh, Joe, you really seem to know your sports, and I didn't know that you were a sports girl, but when you were talking to Boomer, I was impressed, I have to admit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you know what it is? I'm, I mean, I'm from New York. My parents grew up here. I mean, they were born in Puerto Rico, but they were raised here in New York. Yeah. And I just grew up in Puerto the biggest, Rico. like, Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just I was raised, you know, Knicks, Yankees, Giants. Like that's how my dad raised us and you know, he had four girls, so there were no boys and I was oh, his I guess only choice. <laughs> so I'm the one who played all the sports, so <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I am just amazed at how the Knicks are playing. Incredible. I mean, just amazing. I mean, this is the way they need to play. I mean, it's it's just been incredible watching the past few games. You're right, and it's funny because we were just talking about that before you came on the air. Uh, we were talking about the Knicks and how they're playing and Stoudemire being out. But um, you know, again, when when I saw that, I was like, I honestly, I, you don't. We as as hosts, we don't know what our guest knows other than all right. Well, she does this specific thing, and since you're kind of like a Jill of all trades, um, you know, <laughs> we weren't sure what your area of expertise was, but I see that you're obviously a, a big sports fan. And one thing I noticed that I have to admit that I loved being also, you know, same as you, parents of Puerto Rico, um, you know, being born here, et cetera, et cetera. You, your Spanish accent slipped out at one point where you, you said something in such a Spanish <laughs> way that I literally started laughing and I rewound I it and exactly I heard it. It was, it was. so great. <laughs> when I watched it, I think it's when I said leftovers or something. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And I was watching it, I was like, oh, Lisa, Lisa, what are you doing? I was like, oh, my, oh, well, was probably awesome. shaking her head, like, oh, no. That's I forget what you said, but the way you said it was awesome. I, I personally loved it. Oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey Lisa, who else is uh, coming up on the show in the next couple weeks? Yeah, we have some great. Um, well, we had our, we had um, Wyclef that was on. He was really great. He's really deep. Like it was, you know, it's you know, great interview. Sit there. He has so much to say. I mean, because he has a book out and he was talking about you know everything that happened with Lauren Hill. I mean, so he had a lot of great things to say. Um, Danny Aiello, actor Danny Aiello, is another one we have on. Jerry Springer, who was fantastic. Um, Jennifer Esposito, the actress, and John Edwards, the psychic medium, who really blew my mind because I was kind of like a little skeptic going into it about the whole psychic medium thing, but he just blew my mind, this guy. (laughs) Wow. Um, Now, let me ask you this, uh, Lisa. In terms of, uh, you know, getting off topic for a second, Hurricane Mm -hmm. Sandy just hit, 
um, yeah. the New Jersey, New York area, and uh, were you affected by it at all? I'm not sure where you live or whatever it was. the case. But yeah, were, were no, definitely. I'm in Jersey. Oh, we were without power for a long time, but I actually um, reported from it too down the shore. I mean, we were. Of just, course you like, did because you do everything at 11. Yeah, they out there. She'll do it. Um, but yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> just being, out, I was getting blown around like. Re- it was just ridiculous, but just to see like the devastation after, and then you know not being able to be in touch with so many people because everyone's out of power. Their cell phone service was down. Right, like that right. was the hardest thing. And then to come home, we had no power for about four days, and then we got it back, and we were so excited. And then the snowstorm came and knocked it out again for like another four days. Wow. So it was it, it was a little rough, but I mean I can't complain co- compared to what some other people are going through, which is just incredible. So, I mean, people still coming back, you know, trying to get back on their feet. I mean, lost their homes. I mean, we've been kind of reporting from different areas, like we went to Long Island, we went to Brooklyn, we went to Jersey Shore. Um, I mean, we're going to Queens. We went to Queens. So we've been trying to cover it the best we can to help out the people because there's so many people that need help. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it definitely is. Were you on the air, by the way, when the uh, hurricane hit Monday night? Um, let's see. I was on until about the afternoon. I came back on at about three, four in the morning. So when it actually hit, that was another shift. But when we came back, like we just just when we were leaving, that's when it just like kind of things started picking up. And then when we came back, I mean, just trying to drive to find somewhere to go report live. Like our truck got stuck in the sand. We had to have the fire department come wow. take us out. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, it, it was just uh, I've never seen anything like that in our area. I mean, it was just incredible. No, it definitely wasn't, Lisa. Incidentally, I, I, listening to you talk, I'm curious. Do you ever sleep? Ah, uh, about four hours. <laughs> four, four, four hours is kind of that's that's my average. So you know, if I get my four hours of sleep a night, I'm good. I wake up, maybe I'll get a little nap in between in the day if, if my kids let me. <laughs> well, as long as you're not napping during your show and stuff, and you know, getting yeah. back to getting back to your show, like I like I was saying earlier, I just I love the energy and it amazes me that you don't sleep and that you're so you know bubbly and happy and you're doing all the stuff and you're like wow this is amazing and this is the best uh, cannoli or whatever we were eating this is the best thing i've ever eaten in my life and you're going you know you're really into it and i just think it's great because you put so much energy and i told joe i said honestly i can imagine you and i you know believe it you're you are one day going to be huge and i'm surprised that you aren't now I guess because you're like all over the place with everything in Channel Eleven, yeah. you know they, they need to give they need to put that show on prime time. They need to give you a real spot, you know, oh, not I'm, not I'm just hoping. not just Saturday at six thirty, but where everyone's gonna yeah. see it. I mean, Lisa Mateo needs to be up in lights. That that that's uh, my pure goal take on that. I am hoping, like we have, you know, we've been signed to twelve episodes, and then you know we'll see how the season does. If so, we'll come back with double that amount, or maybe we'll. You know, who who knows what can happen next. But it's just a great show. Like, you never kind of know what to expect because you're trying all these different foods. And me, myself, I'll eat anything except if it's, I don't know, maybe something that's, like, live jumping on my plate I won't eat. But, like, with, with Wyclef, like, he picked, a, you know, he went to a Haitian restaurant and he had this fish. And I've never eaten, like, a whole fish. Like, it comes to on the plate with the head and the eyes and, and the whole fin and everything. So it just kind of came out. And I was like, ooh, okay, so how do we eat this thing? You know, like, I've never done anything like that. And you're trying to do an interview and not choke on a fishbone at the same time. So <laughs> you get these, like, weird circumstances that happen sometimes. Well, I, but, I, um, yeah. I tell you, I wish that we can do stuff like that here on this show. We're waiting for a producer to get us some food, you know, uh, but uh, he, he's slacking on that. <laughs> But let me ask you what what I what I'm curious about is how did this show get started? I mean, how 
Yeah. Where did tastemakers come from? You know, obviously you said you like to eat food, but I mean, how did you did you have to pitch it to the to the company to you know your your bosses over there, um, you know, who run PIX or how did it get started? Yeah, it started because um, our main anchor, um, her name's Dukanya, and she has a friend who was kind of a head of um, a, a record label, and he kind of was out of the business. He wanted to start something new, and he had this idea. He's, you know, friends with the general manager of our station, and he pitched this idea, and when he pitched it, he said, there's only one thing. I want Lisa Mateo to host it. Oh, and wow. And then I had to go through the whole thing of getting That's approval, awesome. you know, from the station. And I was just like, wow, thank you. Like, you know, because he just said, he's like, I saw your personality on TV. You have all this energy. Like, I think it would be great for the show. And, exactly. And he, his name's Tony Monte. He's a great guy. And he has this incredible creative mind. And he came up with the idea. And it's really, really taken off. I'm really excited about it. So, We'll see where it goes. <laughs> so see, it, it goes to show you we know what we're talking about here at PG because he said exactly what I said, and he's famous, so yeah. he know he knows the deal. Yeah, but it's great. Oh, we have uh, uh, the website too, mytastemakers.tv. It actually has the whole like Boomer Carton episode, so it's going to start putting like all the episodes on the website and stuff. So, yep, yeah, check it out. Twitter, Facebook, everything. We're all over. <laughs> That's cool. So Lisa, if I'm the uh, you know, the program director, and I'm giving you uh, full creative control. Give me Ooh. your I- ideal show that you want to do. Oh, wow. I know. This this one was like kind of like my ideal show because I love eating and I love food. But I would also love a show about, I don't know, like I just I love kind of working out, like staying healthy, you know, something that has to do, I don't know. Like it, it would have to be something like, involving staying healthy, staying fit, like that kind of thing too because that's the only other way I keep my energy too is kind of by working out when I ever have the time too. Um, so maybe, I don't know, something like that like or just like an adventure show where I get to do like all these like wild and crazy things. Like I always wanted to like jump out of a plane or like something like that, you know, like <laughs> things wow. I haven't gotten to do in life. But um, something, anything that's high energy because – Honestly, it has to be high energy, otherwise I'll fall asleep. Like, I can't sit still. It's just me. <laughs> wow. Now, Lisa, let, let me ask you this. Uh, I, I can imagine you jumping out of a plane and eating food at the same time, you know, for your show. <laughs> That's Are a great you, idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, you should. Try it. Why not? Let us know about it. Um, when you do the show, is it filmed weekly, or have shows already been filmed? Like, basically, for this Saturday, is that already done, or do you, when when do you film your show? Yeah, we film them. It depends. Whenever, like, the celebrities available, we kind of go around their schedule. So we've already filmed a couple. We have a, still a couple more to film. So um, we're just waiting on a couple more OKs from celebrities, and, and then we'll kind of get the ball rolling. Now, what other guests have been on the show? You Boomer Carr, we talked about Wyclef. Mm-hmm. Who else? Yeah, we talked about um, Jerry Springer. Was well, He's really funny. Like, I didn't realize how funny Jerry Springer was. He he was a great guest. Um, Jennifer Esposito, you know her from like Blue Bloods, yes, and yes. you know she's done different movies. She talked about um, she has this disease called celiac disease, so yeah. like kind of how eating out for her because she's Italian and she loves her pasta and everything. Like how kind of food has kind of changed her life and things like that. Um, but yeah, we've had some great Vanilla Wyclef. Of course, I said he was he was fantastic. So. We'll see. I'm trying to lock in a few more, so wish me luck on this. <laughs> <laughs> of course we will. It's you, tough, I tell you. Pitching a show that, you know, it's it's new, so no one's kind of heard of it, so you're kind of trying to get the word out there. Do you have a favorite guest so far? I mean, can you say that? Is that like a conflict of interest or something? I think, nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, gosh, who was really good? You know what I mean? I, I had fun with Boomer Carton because, 
I'm like I love sports, you know, I love right, sports, right. and I had that high energy, so that was kind of like that connection. Um, I don't know, but I'm trying to think. I guess they were kind of my favorite. Danny Aiello, though, he he was just incredible. I I think he has to be one of my my top ones, my top ones. He was fantastic. I mean, he just made me feel like you know like part of his family, and he just has this big heart about him, and just a great career behind him. I think he was he was my top pick. <laughs> Very cool. Now, Lisa, I've I've been a program director for you. Now I'm going to be your agent. Uh, do you want to do, do, do a movie? Do you want to do a TV show? What do you want to do here? Let's do it all. <laughs> what do you I prefer? You, in this business, you just have to kind of jump at whatever chance you can to kind of get your name and get the most you can out there. I mean, it's such a tough business, like TV or, I mean, anything. It, 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 it's entertainment news. I mean, it's a tough business. It's cutthroat. If someone's going to throw extra work at you, you just take it. And that's kind of, that's how I've kind of moved up. Like, I just started at WPAX. I started as a PA. You know, I was running scripts. I was getting coffee. I was, you know, doing this. But I was always like, oh, here's Lisa, eager beaver, you know. So (laughs) I was always the one who was like, oh, give it to Lisa. She'll do it. And that kind of got me to keep moving up the ladder to kind of where I am. So Now, Lisa, one thing I'm curious about, you mentioned, uh, you did you say kids or kid? Oh, kids, yes. I, I know, on top of everything else. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What, what do they think? I, what do they think they, of the show? They, um, they you know, they, they, I guess they're used to, like, the whole me being on TV kind of thing. Um, because, you know, now we do, like, a family thing. We sit down Saturday nights and we eat and we watch the show and they just, you know, they laugh and... <laughs> You know, they're my daughter's like, cause she's four. She's like, Mommy, you're silly. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> you know, and my son gets a kick out of it because his friends are like, oh, your mom's on TV. You know, it's it's cute. And they're really supportive. They understand, like, because some days, I mean, I leave this house at 2.30 in the morning, and sometimes I don't get home till you know, 8.30 at night, you know, from doing both shows at the same time. So they kind of understand and you know, my husband's a great guy. He helps out, pitches in, and I got to give it to him because <laughs> he can do that and he'll, like, get the kids ready for school. And, I mean, he does it all. He'll do, like, a – well, try to do, like, pigtails on my daughter, which is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's just, like, we're working it together because we know it, there's going to be a great end product out of this somewhere. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> this is going to pay off. So it's like my whole family kind of working together as a team, which is kind of how you have to do it. Of course. And, uh, Lisa, tomorrow being the biggest food holiday of the year, Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What is Lisa Mateo doing in her family? I am not cooking, but I'm going to my aunt's house. Um, Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving, the best holiday ever. I mean, I am just looking forward to it. My aunt has every – she is the best cook ever. She's going to have her turkey. She has her penne. She has acapuria. She has (laughs) arofum gandule. She has everything all ready for us. She already texted me. She said, uh, appetizer start at 2 and wear your sweats because you need the elastic waistband. I was like, that's all I need to know. (laughs) That's awesome. My family, whenever we do get together for Thanksgiving – we, um, you know, it's Spanish time. Hey, come at this time. Everybody comes an hour later, and then you don't start eating until even later than that. But, uh, you know, Jill yeah. mentioned that Thanksgiving really is the best holiday uh, of the year because you're not worried about presents and, you know, going into mm-hmm. debt or spending your life savings on stuff. You're just kind of getting true. together and eating food and whatnot. Um, 
Now, Lisa, we have always just a pleasure having you on. We thank you so much because, you know, you do have to go and take care of the kids and, you know, yeah. husband and all that <laughs> stuff. So we really do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk with us. And, of course, hopefully we can have you on again when Tastemakers gets renewed and gets automatically put into syndication and you're making Aww. the big box and then, you know, your first movie comes out. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to have you back on the program. Oh, thank you. You guys have been a big supporter. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. Have a wonderful evening and have a great Thanksgiving. All right. You too, guys. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Folks, the one and only Lisa Mateo, host of Tastemakers, which is at 6.30 p.m. on Channel 11 WPX, of course, here in the uh, New York area. And, of course, she's also on pretty much everything on the station. So, I mean, Lisa's great. One of my favorite guests, sir. Uh, we, may need, we may need her to re-record that spot and say host of Tastemakers so she can add that in the, into her resume. Only fitting, sir, that you have a guest the day before Thanksgiving. You're talking about how you're going to butter them up to like a turkey <laughs> ready to shove in the oven for Thanksgiving because, man, uh, I think you used about five pounds of butter in the last, <laughs> last 20 minutes. Well, what's great, sir, is that um, and I didn't even plan it this way, but her show is all about eating food, and tomorrow being Thanksgiving, it really did work out perfectly. But, you know, I didn't mean – I meant every word of it. You know, I, I really mean. I really think that Lisa has a great person. And that guy – um, I said he was famous before, but obviously he knows fame, you know, famous people, and he's got the record label one that she was mentioning, the one who pitched the idea to Channel 11. He sees exactly what I see, which is exactly what the fans are going to see. She's smart, she's personable, she's super bubbly and funny, and you know, just just excited. I think she's a great host, and I really think she's going to go far. And I'm hoping we can hitch our uh, wagons to uh, her coattails, sir. If you're her agent, what do you think is the perfect fit for her? Do you think that this show right here, Tastemakers, is the ideal? Well, I think it's a I think it's great that they that she's on it, but in terms of I mean this isn't going to be like the be all and end all for her if you think about it. It's a show about cooking, which is great. Uh, so over here watching Lisa Mateo clips on uh, on our, nice. our our monitor over here. Um, but honestly, sir, and see this is the kind of stuff that she does. You see her bouncing up around on some crazy shoes. Lisa literally does everything. Can't you know some workouts she's doing, but. I think her, I could honestly see her as an actress. I don't know how she can read scripts and whatnot, but I could see her on a TV show. I could see her, uh, you know, a Friends-type sitcom. You know, she's just such a personable, and I keep saying that, but she's such an outgoing, bubbly person that I really think she has the goods to make it far. I would say a TV show in the vein of Friends or something like that where she's really out there. And then she can talk about, with fond memories, her time on Channel 11 and everything she used to do. How can you really go wrong when you have, like, a celebrity on a show like we do? We have a celebrity on a show, but then you incorporate food into it. I mean... Exactly. And the thing is, like, she interviews people, right, which is what we do, yeah. and there's food involved. That's the perfect marriage. That's what I want pure gold to be. I literally want food coming in here from the places that, that sponsor uh, 1640. I want to see... I want to see rice. I want to see something here you know, when we come in just to stuff our faces and eat like kings. But Nelson probably eats all of it and doesn't leave any of it for us. Yeah, I mean, he's told me that he eats like a king right before we get in. Uh, of course. And then we have nothing to uh, eat but this paper if we wanted to. No, you're right, sir. And I want to mention something here, Um, you know, before we, we have a 7 o'clock hour coming up. So yeah. We're going to close out the show. Um, Folks, for those of you here in the Newark area, and even those of you who aren't, the Newark Bears professional baseball team, they have awesome Black Friday deals. You can save 50% or more with the Newark Bears Black Friday sale on November 23rd, which happens to be Friday from 12 a.m. to 12 p.m., a 12-hour gap. You've got a lot of savings on all these different things like the Hall of Fame package. So check this out. You get a single suite for 2013 no way. with the season, which is 20 season tickets. You have 20 Newark Bears T-shirts. You have 20 of the 2012 Newark Bears yearbooks. 
And, of course, you get a 10 the first pitch opportunities. The value is over $25,000. You can get it for 10000 which, of course, you know, Nelson has five of these because he's making the big bucks here. Oh, yeah. Or you can get the MVP package, which is uh, you get a 9 by 10 outfield signage. You get 10 season tickets and 10 first pitch opportunities, uh, $5,500. And then, of course, if you're uh, like Joe and myself, the you know scrumming for change uh, the pop fly package which is another one you get ten flex tickets and you get one twenty to New York uh, Bears yearbook for fifty five bucks it says you've only got twelve hours to take advantage of these great Black Friday deals you can check it out at newarkbears.com folks make sure to go there because uh, if I'm not mistaken uh, Nelson is the is secretly the owner of the Newark Bears so we'll have to find out more info on that <laughs> good deals by the Newark Bears and. Uh... You know, it's never too late to think about the next season. Great deals on Black Friday. You mean never too early? Or never too late. <laughs> <laughs> Both. That's, yeah, of course. I just have to throw that out there because uh, I don't want to get fired from the station. Yeah, definitely don't want to do that. Speaking of, uh, since we got, what, about five minutes before we uh, take our final break of the evening, uh, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Like I told you, it's got, I'm going to be PG about this, it's got all my favorite Fs. It's got food, family, football. Friends, um, fun, fun, all, all those. That is another one. Another, yeah. That again. I try to be PG about this, but uh, it's how about filth? It's my favorite holiday. I would be spending it at my sister-in-law's. What will you be doing on Thanksgiving? I am honestly not sure because of some uh, personal situations, as it were. I'm not really sure what we're going to be doing. Normally, we would get together with my mom and then my wife's parents, uh, family separately. Uh, honestly. Thanksgiving, for other reasons, is becoming one of my least favorite holidays in terms of uh, other things going on uh, in the family uh, area, which I don't need to discuss here. But um, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to go to my mom's house and just have a good time and, you know, get get our minds off some things and just uh, eat some food, sir. Well, with football, and again, all those S comes football. So uh, why don't we just touch on some football besides the NFL and talk about, for the first time in history, folks, uh, first time in BCS history, Notre Dame is now the number one ranked team in the country and they just have to win one more game this Saturday night against USC and they're pretty much a lock to play for the BCS title. Um, how cool is it that a team like Notre Dame is now contending for a title? I think it's very cool. I mean, I, I'm not a huge college football fan. I know Notre Dame is a popular team, but tell me why do you think it's such a good thing? I mean, a lot I checked, you're not Irish. No, but you know, Catholic, strong, uh, oh, oh, okay. strong religious binds, and right. it's good to see a team with strong morals, strong values, is now in the title picture. I mean, that that to me is a win-win situation. For is everybody. that really what it is, or you're just hamming it up to the Pope? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he's listening to the show right now, and you're just trying to get in good with him. Yeah, uh, if Notre Dame does, the the big wrinkle in all this is that if Notre Dame loses and has one loss on the record, there's like four or five teams. Even more than that, maybe five or six teams that have one loss, and uh, you're going to have a big controversy on who actually plays for the title. Is it Notre Dame? But usually, if you lose your last game of the season, for some reason, that's like a no-no. It's always good to lose. If you're going to lose one game in the season, it's always good to lose it in the beginning of the year and then win the rest of your games because that's the way to make the BCS title game. Thank God that this is the last year of this format. Next year, we go to a a four-team playoff format where. You have two bowls, and then the team plays the championship. Um, that, that's probably the best way to determine a national champion, other than the stupid formula that the BCS uses to calculate who's going to play for a national championship. Well, let me ask you: uh, Is there a team that you root for in college football? It's Notre Dame. 
because they're Catholic or because you're Irish? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, college football, one more thing I'd like to mention, yeah. sir. Rutgers, the local scumbums at Rutgers have decided to leave the Big East. What's interesting is they have to pay $10 million if they want to get out. I mean, what, what kind of what kind of ransom scam is that, paying $10 million bucks to get out of the Big East? But they want to leave, and if uh, if I'm not mistaken, it, there's a little confusion as far as when and, and how. But around the 2014 season, they'll be able to get out and go to the Big Ten. Give me your thoughts on that, sir. How bad is this for the Big East? It's it's. I mean, the Big East has been slowly becoming a joke of a division. Everyone's leaving it to go to the Big Ten. Um, I didn't know it cost ten million dollars to leave the division. Ten million dollars. I, I guess they'll make that money back in the Big Ten for some reason. Um, I've always considered Rutgers. Uh, believe it or not, I went to Rutgers, but I went to Rutgers Newark. Yeah, I know so you're I, right here in Newark. Uh, didn't you get arrested there a couple of times? A couple uh, times, but uh, Nelson uh, bailed me out every single time. <laughs> um, I just want to say that, that I actually, ironically, hate Rutgers New Brunswick because every time somebody asks me <laughs> where did I go, and I always say Rutgers, they always associate that with the New Brunswick campus. But you know what? There is a Newark campus, so that's why I actually loathe Rutgers University. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife went there, too, but... Uh, Newark or New Brunswick? Newark, Newark, sir. Okay. We'll be right back after this, and uh, we're going to go to Rutgers, New Brunswick right now. Okay, good. Hey, this is Lisa Marie Latino of Longshot Productions. Make sure to tune in to Pure Gold every week for the best in sports, wrestling, and just about everything else there is to talk about. You can hear some of the best interviews around with some great guests. Joe and Dave always keep it PG, and you should too. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Nikki Boyer, the host of Yahoo's Daytime in No Time, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Hey, guys, this is actress Sadie Alexandru, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Hey, this is Victoria Curtis, Sahara Star, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Be sure to check back every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to tune in to the best Internet talk show on the East Coast. Hi guys, it's Alicia from WSU Wrestling. I want to make sure that you check out Pure Gold every week, the best talk radio out there. You can hear guests just like me at puregoldpg.com. Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011 and professional video gaming personality, and you're listening to Pure Gold Radio. Live from 1640 AM, Ironbound Radio in Newark, New Jersey, this is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. Folks, we are back here on Pure Gold. We are back. Call in 714-364-4721. Check us out at ir1640.com or, of course, puregoldpg.com. And, uh, sir, I just wanted to uh, throw this out there, a little soundbite, a newer soundbite that we got from one of our all-time favorite guests who was here last week, Brittany Dawn Brennan. Hey, guys, it's Brittany Dawn Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold Radio for only the best talk on sports, entertainment, politics, and much, much more. Great stuff by Brittany. Sir, 
What do we have on tap for the final 30 minutes of the greatest show in the history of 1640, in the history of AM radio, in the history of Newark and every other part of the world? Okay. With that, uh, let's talk about some football. Let's talk about some NFL this week. The past week, the uh, the Giants were also they didn't win nor lose, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. The way they've been playing lately, I mean, that's a good thing. They need some time away. I think the Giants always run into this lull. I don't know if it's just the way the schedule's made or if this is just uh, the way they play. Uh, they they always turn on at the end. Seems like whenever they're nine and seven, that's a recipe for a Super Bowl title. You can't go wrong with that. But uh, they didn't play, so we'll get to them in a few minutes. The team that did play were the New York Jets taking on the Rams, and um, I was off on this game because I really thought, I guess I tried to put two and two together, and that didn't work because I thought the Rams playing in San Francisco the week before ended up in a tie. They played so good, and the Jets got blown out by San Fran. I thought that the Rams were going to actually win this past uh, Sunday, and I was wrong about that game. The game started out... Um, like the Rams were going to blow up the Jets. I mean, they, they went for it on a fourth and fourth and goal and threw a pass into the end zone wide open. The Jets' defense just wasn't there uh, the first drive or first couple of drives. And then the Jets couldn't cash in on some turnovers. You thought that this was a game that was going to end the Jets' season. And, and in actuality, if the Jets would have lost this game, they would have their season would have been over. They would have had seven losses. And, you know, nowadays uh, in, in the AFC – Seven losses is not going to get you into the playoffs. Um, it, you, you might have an outside shot, but again, the Jets' division record is not that good. So the Jets were able to come back. Mark Sanchez had a decent game. Sean Green had a good running game. The defense played good again. I think that's the only thing that saved the Jets this this year is that their defense has, has stepped up um, a notch. They're not the great, great defense that Rex Ryan says. The best defense he's ever coached? Yeah, Dar- Darrell Rivas being out, I thought that this Who? was Darrell Rivas. I really thought that without Darrell Reeves, I thought this team would really tank defensively. And Cromartie has played his butt off. I think he's actually earned himself a Pro Bowl bid. Well, sir, he has to. He's got to pay for – how many kids does he have? Eight or ten kids? I mean, literally, it's that many. He's got to make sure he, he gets as many bonus checks as he can to pay for all his baby mama drama, as it were. Yeah, so the Jets go in and beat St. Louis quite convincingly, actually. I believe the score was 30-13 or something like that. And um, they have a quick turnaround game because tomorrow on Thanksgiving, the Jets are playing their heated rival, the New England Patriots. And let's face it, folks, we, uh, I'm sure other shows have talked about it, but the Jets have to win this game to, to even have a remote shot to make the playoffs because, again, one more loss pretty much ends their season. They're playing the Patriots without Gronkowski, without Hernandez. Tom Brady is the best player on the field with these two teams. Um, I think the Jets have an outside shot, sir. I think that uh, if the Jets play uh, – and for some whatever reason is, it seems like the Jets, how bad they are uh, over the last couple of years, they they play the Patriots good. They actually beat the Patriots in the playoffs a couple of years. And uh, this past, uh, what, two months ago, these two teams played up in Foxborough, and this game was pretty much tied into overtime. The Jets lost on a uh, Mark Sanchez fumble that ended the game. But uh, I really think that the Jets play, uh, they're going to have to throw the ball down the field. They're going to have to score points against this team. But, you know, it's going to be one of those games that I think that the Jets can pull out, and hopefully they do pull out. If not, the season's over. What do you think? I think that you're absolutely correct in your assessment, sir. I think they have to win. Do I think they're going to win? No. Do I think their season's over? Absolutely. Um, but they have six games left, correct? That's it. And uh, what are they now, four and six? Four and six. Four and six. Well, I mean, they literally can only lose one game. You know, it's possible they could lose tomorrow and then win the next 
seed. Five, but that's not really very likely. You mentioned 97 is going to get you into the playoffs. I don't think you can be too confident, but like you said, they have an outside shot. Um, I mean, I hope they win. It, it, it helps our show. It, it's good for you, you know, good for your family, good for Neil over there in uh, Belleville. I mean, that, I don't I don't hate the, the Jets. I've, I don't mention this all the time ad nauseum, but, you know, you, you talk about this team, and, and they, seemed, they seemed to have been in disarray before this past week. We didn't really get a chance to talk about that, sir. What do you think about the comments, uh, the Tim Tebow comments? I mean, Tim Tebow has been a distraction from the get-go. I mean, yeah, but it's not his fault, though. I never said it was his fault. Whoever brought him in, he was traded here. He wasn't a free agent. He didn't sign with the Jets. Woody Johnson, Mike Tannenbaum. I'm setting you up for the clip, but I guess he's not. Paying well, speaking money. of well, sir, speaking of Woody <laughs> Johnson, the crack pipe. <laughs> well, sir, speaking of Woody Johnson, yeah, um, what about? Him? He was. I was listening to him on the fan the other day when they were covering the non-press conference that they had, and he's saying, well, you know, we brought him in here not to sell PSLs. I mean, is he on drugs? What is wrong with Woody Johnson? Can you tell me, please? Uh, I think he, when you lie, when you start lying to the fans like uh, Jeff Wilpon does with the Mets, you, you totally lose. Stop smoking the Woody Johnson crack pipe! <laughs> exactly. Finally found a clip that I wanted. Uh, one more. If the Jets don't win this week, this is what Joe will be saying. <laughs> <laughs> Classic soundbite. Of course, of course. I, I, my favorite soundbites of all time. But um, again, getting back to getting back to the mess that the Jets are. Give me a percentage, sir. How confident are you? Uh, you know, thirty percent, and that's that's more than I, I could ask for. Uh, the the crowd is not going to be a factor. Who wants to go and leave their house, leave wherever they're at, eating Thanksgiving dinner? To go to a, a football game. A lot of people, you know, that's gonna that stadium is gonna be packed. It's what? not gonna be packed. Sir, come on, it's you're not. you're telling me that on Thanksgiving people aren't gonna go. You're telling me that people don't care more about football than their own families. Come on, sir, it's the truth. People are sick and demented. You know what gets me though, and what what really is gonna suck for me is the fact that my family, my wife's family, lives over in that part of the of the state of the country. So why? If I if I go that way, sir. It's going to be a nightmare because it's a night game. It's going to be a mess. It'll be interesting to watch, but um, I think I think there'll be more people there than you think, sir. All right. I'm just telling you that if you go to Ticketmaster.com, you can buy a jet ticket for $23. When can you buy a football game for $23? Listen, if I see you there at the game, you you and I are going to fist fight next week live and on camera. Um, yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Jets uh, hopefully will beat the Patriots on Thanksgiving. The other two Thanksgiving games – are pretty decent this year. You got the Houston Texans playing the Detroit uh, Lions, and you got the Washington Redskins playing the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Those are two teams that always play on Thanksgiving: the, the Lions and the Cowboys. Houston this year, um, you know, they they barely won the game last week, which uh, baffles me. Uh, the Jaguars were able to go toe to toe with them offensively. This week, uh, turnaround game, four uh, three day turnaround. Uh, I don't see how Houston loses to Detroit and. Uh, for the Washington Redskins to go beat Dallas in Dallas is going to be a tough, tall task. You're right, sir. You're not getting a little choked up there. Getting a little choked up here. I need some water. It's uh, pretty hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson cranks it up to 95 degrees. I He's can't... trying to sweat us out. That's what it is. Uh, don't worry, Nelson. 21 minutes, we'll be out of here. <laughs> but what do you think about the two uh, Thanksgiving games, sir? Houston? I think... Sorry, what were you saying? Houston? Yeah, Houston, Detroit, Washington, Dallas. Um, I think that the Cowboys have – I hope they lose, but they have to win this game if they're going to have even a shot. I think that, um, you know, the the, the Cowboys, uh, you know, they're prone to making mistakes. They did it against the Giants. They cost themselves a game. 
<laughs> it's only 80 degrees in here, by the way, as uh, Nelson just informed me. Oh, my bad. Um, you know, they're prone to making the big mistakes, so I can easily see RG3, uh, you know, putting a, putting up some couple of deuces, dropping a couple of deuces on them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and winning this game, but then when you go to the, uh, when you go over to the <laughs> Drop a deuce, huh? What no, drop, <laughs> drop a couple of deuces. <laughs> when you talk about, um, just get the Kleenex ready, folks. When you talk about the Texans and the, what they call the Tigers. <laughs> The Texans, the Lions, yeah, whatever they're called. Oh God! Whatever they're called, um, I think the Lions are probably gonna get, they're probably gonna get killed. But I do think that there's a possibility that they pull this game out. The Texans are are amazing. I mean, maybe they're gonna have a, maybe they're gonna flop it up. Maybe they're gonna slap it up. Maybe they're gonna be so full from their Thanksgiving pregame turkey that they're not gonna do a good job. But so this is the first time that I can remember. You've got three really interesting, good quality football games, if you're a football fan, you know, this is the type of day that you look forward to because usually the games are terrible. One big F check on Thanksgiving. Remember the Fs? All the Fs? Football, family, fat, filth, fun. Food. What else? Oh, food, right, food. So this past week, too, in in the NFL, you had three great overtime games with the the Houston Texans pulling it out. I'm getting choked up again. I can't. Right, so they gobble, got a gobble. little turkey in there. Yeah, you had the three uh, three games that went to overtime, which were great games. You had the Green Bay Packers pulling out a game, the Falcons and the Saints, big wins. But, sir, look what's going on in the AFC West. Your buddy... Shame on you! <laughs> you got Peyton Manning and the Broncos at 7-3. and three. I mean, Peyton Manning, um, any doubters that Peyton Manning has lost it or anything, definitely uh, were wrong because this guy still has it. Uh, he might take one bad hit and his career might be over. But right now, Peyton Manning is But you playing. could say that about any quarterback, sir. Yeah, but Peyton Manning with his neck, with four operations in the neck, I'm just saying one bad hit and his, his uh, career might be over. But right now, he's playing great football. He's got that team at 7-3. and three, And, uh, you know, uh, one or, you know they can have a two or three seed at this point if the season and now Houston would take the one seed. Uh, the, the other big note before we get to your Giants is that on Monday night, I was completely off. I thought the, the, the Bears... Uh, would actually play a pretty good game against the Niners, but the Niners blew them away. Now you have a quarterback controversy in San Fran with uh, Alex Smith and uh, a guy's name that I can't pronounce. But, uh, you know, the coach, Jim Harbaugh, is basically saying he's going to play the hot hand. So he's creating a a quarterback controversy, which is, I guess, a good thing, creates competition. Controversy Uh, creates cash. And competition. Uh, but the Niners right now, to me, look like the best team in the NFC. They beat the, the, the Packers. This is like the third time you've said that this year, by the way. Uh, the guy's name is Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernickel. Kaepernick, you fool. Kaepernick, you fool. That's that's, that's his name. So you were saying? I was saying that the Niners are the, now the best team to me in the NFC because uh, recently it seems like the Giants, let's finally get to the Giants right now, uh, it seems like – they have no offense. Uh, Eli Manning's in a funk. Oh. It's, it's, sorry, it's like you said, it's that time of year. For whatever reason, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Turkey, whatever is going on, Giants are terrible in November. I can't explain it. I'm never going to be able to explain it, sir. Huge game on Sunday night. The Giants are hosting the Green Bay Packers. What are your thoughts? I'm hoping the Packers don't drop a deuce on the Giants. <laughs> you and the deuce. No, but seriously, I'm hoping the Giants will come ready to play because I hate – the fact that they lay down like dogs, like absolute dogs uh, in the month of November, because if they're going to go, they're six and four now. You know they were they were 
they they had a chance to really go you know, seven and three, and now they're gonna go six and five. They're gonna be in trouble, sir. And then if the Cowboys win, if the Cowboys drop a bomb on the on the <laughs> a couple of deuces on the on RG three and the the Redskins, the Giants are in trouble. There's no way around. And like you always say, yeah, December's gonna come around. They're gonna go to the playoffs. They're gonna do their thing, which is true. But one of these years, it's not gonna happen, sir. What's what's interesting is that it's a role reversal from last year. It was actually the Giants catching the Cowboys last year. Now it's the it seems like the Cowboys want to catch the Giants. So Sunday night's gonna be a really fun game. I mean the the Packers are playing really good football. The Giants maybe this is the game that they need to turn around their season like they always do. They always have to find a game that turns around their season. But uh, I think the Packers are gonna put up a lot of points against the secondary. The Giants that's their what secondary I, sucks, sir. It really does. That's what my big concern about the Giants this year is that their secondary is is, is atrocious. Swiss cheese. Uh, as Nelson drops a deuce. <laughs> Everyone's dropping deuces here, folks, on pure gold. Uh, but yeah. You know what the Giants need to do, sir? They need to do this. Show some guts. Have some guts! Okay. Show some guts! Guts here? Guts here! Absolutely. And right now, if the Giants lose this game, they're going to get this little award. Please <laughs> I forgot about that. It's not even on my rundown, uh, they stink segment, because I don't think anything uh, stunk the last week or so. Uh, can you think of what they stink, by the way? Uh, honestly, no, I can't. This is the first time that we're gonna go and not have a they stink, sir. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. This is the fans may be disappointed. You know, all our fans here in Newark, Diane, and all the rest of them, they may be in trouble because uh, that's Whoa, a, that's how, Nelson barfs. <laughs> Nelson's not feeling too good apparently. Um, I don't know, man. I I can't think of anything. Um, I'm choked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes it. <laughs> there goes that they stink. I, I don't know. This Joe's is, losing it, folks. He's lost it. This is pure gold, and you got Nelson dropping deuces, puking all over the place. I mean, if you had the webcam on him, he's a big old mess right now. <laughs> I, I'm getting choked up about it, and I can't breathe. In I there. think they think should go to N- uh, Nelson right now, sir, for all, for all his uh, his flatulence. No, but seriously, um, I don't know. I guess the, it can go to Rutgers for you know your your Rutgers, your team that you love so much for screwing over the uh, the Big East. I mean. That's about the only thing I think of that would go to They Stink, or that's pretty much it. Before we even get to that, because I, I think I can come up with the They Stink before this uh, this show's over, um, give me a prediction. I know you're going to pick the Giants, but do you think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, or do you think it's going to be a low I think it's going to be an absolute barn burner monstrosity of a game. It's going to be like 45 to 38. It's going to be – I mean, I'm picking the Giants to win. Um, deep down, I don't think that they will win. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, and I'm I'm hoping that Eli is going to come ready to play. I think the Giants win in a close game with a lot of points, or they get annihilated, and you know Eli just takes a nap in the second half because it really does worry me the way they play and the fact that they're just ah oh, well December's coming up we'll be all right. I want to see them win, get out ahead, do well, and then rest their guys, and they're they're not doing that there. And um, I, I think we could pull it up pretty fast, but the Giants' schedule is not that easy this uh, this year as it is always. Uh, it seems like the last half of the season. No, it's not. I mean, look, they've got the Packers. Uh, they have the Saints. They have the Eagles again. They have the Redskins one more time. And they have uh, the Falcons. I mean, th- th- that's a difficult schedule, sir. Very difficult. So, you know, if the Giants are Super Bowl defending champions and play that way. Well, they are the Super Bowl defending champions regardless of what, sir. Right. So if they play like champions like they are, they're going to beat most of those teams because – 
teams should fear them just as as much as they're looking at their schedule. Oh, they're all, the Ravens, sir. That's the next to last week. So that's a tough. You're talking about the Packers this week. You're talking about the Redskins next week at FedEx Field. Uh, they're going to go home with the Saints. Then they're going to go away to the Georgia Dome with the Atlanta Falcons, who recently just lost. Um, you then again away with Baltimore and back home to finish out the season with the Eagles. That is the toughest schedule in the NFL, hands down. Well, if you're the defending Super Bowl champions, so you should have the toughest schedule. Well, they are the defending Super Bowl champions, and they have the toughest schedule. Dropping a deuce on the giant schedule. So, uh, some nuggets before we close out. By the way, tomorrow being Thanksgiving, I want to wish everyone a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Of yeah, course. I will go to you, Tim Nelson. Honey. Have all the turkey you want. It's going to be good stuff. Yes. Um, two nuggets. Unfortunate news this morning as I was driving into work, I heard the um, Hector Macho Camacho boxer, former boxer, was uh, shot multiple times in Puerto Rico. His driver dead, and he's left to, I don't know, he's in the hospital right now. He's fighting for his life. Well, what I read, sir, I read multiple conflicting reports. I read that um, he will most likely be paralyzed, and I also read that he may be brain dead. So I'm not sure, of course, Hector is the most famous uh, Puerto Rican boxer of all time. We've had a lot of... uh, Puerto Rican stuff going on here today at the uh, you know on our show, which of course is fitting because the the talent of this show, myself, that's where my family's from. Joe's, you know, <laughs> right. we don't even know where Joe's from. We think he's Irish. We think he's Italian. We're not sure. Um, but aside from that, sir, it's a, it's definitely a shame. You know, the bullet went through his his jaw and lodged into his shoulder. But you know, hopefully he'll survive. Hopefully the doctors are wrong. Hopefully they'll be okay. But you know, he is alive, which is of course is a it's a plus. But you know, to live in that type of state, if it's true that he's brain dead, and, and uh, I mean, it's, that's no way to live. So hopefully a speedy recovery to uh, the macho man, Hector Macho Camacho, the other macho man. And you hope that this is nothing personal. I mean, uh, why would anybody I'm, want to I'm sure a- it was. There's actually there's some talk that he was uh, involved in drugs back in the day, and th- those allegations plagued him throughout his career. So, I mean, who knows? It could have been a drug deal gone wrong. Nobody knows. I'm not speculating. But I'm saying it's possible this is definitely a, a – just an absolute mess for for the Macho Man. So definitely thoughts and prayers go out to Macho Camacho. Hopefully he pulls through. The final segment uh, of Day Stick I think should go to this uh, this talk that started into um, for some reason ESPN reported about it, and you had LeBron James and Kobe Bryant talk about this one guy in Division Three basketball, sir, sir, score 138 points in one game. I mean, how do you score 138 points? in a basketball game when the other team doesn't let you. I mean, they don't try. They don't do anything. It's pretty – it's a, it's a shame what the what happened here. Uh, you, yeah, you had a team that uh, basically just didn't care and just wanted this one guy to score 138 points. Uh, I don't see the point of it. Uh, I don't get it. And, and now you have people commenting on it saying this is a great thing. They score, he scored more points than Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, come on, people. This is not an NBA game. It's a Division Three basketball game, and the guy scored 138 points because the other team allowed him. That's pretty bad, sir. That's a they stink. I agree. That is a they stink. That's a good call on the fly there, sir, once again. They stink! I don't even know how this happens. I had heard about it. I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, I don't know why you would let somebody – I don't know why anybody would ever score that many points, but how could you let somebody score that many points? It's almost like the other team wanted him to do it. I don't know if they're trying to set some type of infamous record, but, I mean, seriously, 130 points, that's idiotic. <laughs> Very idiotic. So, they think goes to the, that whole, like, game, the quote-unquote game, and the coach on both sides for running up the score and letting the other guys score 130 points. Um, so, good. We found that they stink, which is really good. 
Of course, because that's uh, one of our segments that we have to have. It's funny because we hadn't even talked about it uh, today. We we had no clue what the day's think was going to be. So what else we got on tap, sir? Any any nuggets that you want to? Uh... No, I mean we talked about Rutgers. We talked about Camacho. Um, those are my two things. Of course, we we did discuss uh, wrestling at at length earlier. You know, in, in the the show. I, I see you have some notes here on TNA Impact if you want to touch on that, sir. Well, just briefly, TNA Impact, I mean, they're coming off of their big pay-per-view about a month ago. Um, and it seems like what you told me is is mind-blowing to tell me that this new faction, Aces and Eights, are not going to be revealed until next summer. <laughs> who thinks of that? I, I mean, who who comes up with that idea? You know, first of all, the idea is so such a stupid name. Aces and eights. Who the hell thought of that? that, that I mean, is it, are they playing cards? I mean, what are they, what are they doing? That's got to be one of the worst. And it's funny because I was watching Arrow. I think it was last week or the week before, and they had a, a family that was a criminals, and they had some masks on. Uh, you know, King, Queen, Jack, whatever, the, on their faces. So it kind of reminds me of Aces and Eights. I know Devon was revealed to be the the member, and Luke Gallows supposedly. I mean, I, these are these are gonna be bum, no name guys that nobody cares about. And they, they, you know, this is one of the things that's wrong with wrestling, but it's wrong with TNA. Is this who who is gonna wait until next year to reveal this crap? Only TNA, sir. Yeah, if you make Eric Bischoff and and and, Joe, and you make Jeff Jarrett uh, the people behind this, maybe then you got my interest. But I don't even know if they're gonna think about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what Jeff Jarrett is doing other than, you know, sleeping with Kurt Angle's ex-wife. But, oh, I don't know what, what he's doing because he has been he's been MIA. He was out in Mexico for a while with the AAA, won the title. I have no clue what's up with Jeff Jarrett. And I want to know whose idea this was because it sucks and they should be fired. They should be fired. <laughs> what, I don't know what that was. But you were, you were saying, sir? Uh, yeah, I was saying that uh, it seems like AJ Styles – to me, should be the face of that franchise with uh, Bobby Roode. They just drop the ball every time. I don't. AJ Styles when I was in this like slump. Uh, he he won a match and now he somehow he lost a match at Bound for Glory. He can't get a title shot for one year. I don't know what these rules really are. like yeah. a world title shot. Yeah, he can't get a world title shot now for a year because he lost his Bound for Glory match. Um, it, it's all over the map with this company. Uh, this is a company that I thought started to get it right by making like Storm and Roode the center of attention, giving them the title, giving Rude the title, I thought was a great thing. I thought he, when he was champion, uh, TNA was really doing really well. Yeah, and, you know, we're talking about record-setting title reigns. He did have the title for quite a long time, the longest in TNA history. Then he loses it to Austin Aries, who promptly loses it to Jeff Hardy. So I'm not – it seems like they're all about selling the merch and not really a good program. I mean, the one thing you could say about the WWE, they're sticking with CM Punk till the wheels fall off on this thing because – the, the ratings haven't been great. It seems like they're never great unless John Cena's champion, but, of course, he can't be champ all the time, sir. You got this open fight night, which is okay, but, again, it, uh, when to contradict that, you got the whole Bound for Glory series, which is a six-month process to earn a title shot, and now Austin Aries has earned two title shots, two rematches against Jeff Hardy. Makes no sense to me. Um, Bobby Roode is still, to me, my the most entertaining wrestler on TNA at the moment. Um <laughs> Other than that, TNA Impact hasn't been live, I don't think, the last couple of weeks. And speaking of uh, Impact, they, they emanate out of, I think, Orlando, Florida, which yeah, they do. Which is where I frequented uh, a couple of weeks ago down to Disney. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, since we we didn't have a chance to talk about that, how was your Disney experience? I got to tell you, sir, I, I've never been to Disney, and I, I was... Wait, more... you've never been to Disney? Never. Wait, what is the point? <laughs> are you serious? How, what are you, like 40? You've never been to Disney? I no. bet Nelson goes there all the time, sends out there. 
Uh, Nelson's giving the thumbs down. Apparently, he got kicked out of Disney, and his checks are no longer cast there. Uh, they got a picture. No. Do not let this guy in. But, sir, how have you never been to Disney before? That doesn't even make sense. How old are you? Uh, don't worry about how old I am. I just have never been to Disney until a couple weeks ago, so I took my daughter, who turned four, and uh, we had a great time. Um, I think Disney is a great family vacation. Went for about four nights, four days, three nights, and uh, just top to bottom, just the, the, the service, the customer service. The food was decent, uh, which I was, uh, I was uh, pretty impressed with the food down in Disney. Uh, but I, I really had a great time. Uh, Sabrina, my daughter, got to meet Mickey Mouse, all the characters, the princesses. Uh, we had a great time. The rides there are fun, very family-oriented. Um, I recommend it to anybody that has a, a, you know, a, a toddler as their child. Uh, sir, I'm, I know you have family down there, so hopefully you get to go. Well, yeah, I mean, my family, I can't reveal their names, but they work there, so I do get free tickets every time I go there. Which Mickey is, Mouse. But I hate Disney, honestly. I, I don't like Disney. I don't like going there. I think it's boring. And you, you and I were talking about this off the air about Epcot Center. I think Epcot Center is the worst place in the world. I'd rather be in the slums and the ghetto then go to Epcot Center because that place absolutely sucks. I think it's so boring. I can see why kids like it, but you're a grown man, and I, I'm ashamed to be sitting next to you. As you're talking about how great you love, you know, how much you love. You were kissing Mickey Mouse on his nose and stuff, hugging him and whatnot. As Nelson is telling us that Six Flags is number one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really, Six Flags. I just can't believe you've never been to Disney. I guess Neil never wanted to take you down there, huh? No, it's just too expensive of a trip, sir. I guess if you have family down there, it's a different story. But no, I never been and uh, had a good time. And uh, I'm thinking about Disney Cruise. <laughs> it's a lot of money. You're right, Nelson. <laughs> and uh, we don't make that much here, so uh, no, we don't. Unfortunately, I just spent my life. Yeah, I just spent my life savings, uh, and now uh, I can't go back. Well, you know, again, Disney is it's good for kids if you take them there. I've taken my niece there. I remember one time we were first time we ever took her there. She like stole something from a store. You know, she just picked something up and. I tried to get her to put it back. She was like a year old or two years old. Everybody was screaming at me, cursing at me, throwing, you know, bottles at me. My family, by the way, doing this to me. So I haven't been back to Disney ever since. But, um, you know, again, it's just, I guess, because I've been there so many times and I'm, you know, in my 30s and I'm like you, never been. It's just not that great to me. And I, I, I get the whole point of it for the kids if you live in the area. But if you're from up here to go down there, it's just so expensive. It's It's not even worth it, honestly. I think everyone should go once in their life. Now that you've gone, you can die happy, man, because, I mean, really, 30-something years old. Had your wife ever gone to Disney? Nope. First time for her. It's a perfect pair, I tell you. I tell you. So, folks, as we wrap up the show tonight on on Pure Gold, uh, wishing all the family, all the listeners out there a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Sir, who do we have on the show next week? Well, next week, I can tell you right now, confirmed. 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 We have uh, Lisa Correo, who is a comedian. I actually saw her. My wife and I, you know, when we're putting Isabella to sleep, I mean, we're putting our daughter to sleep. Take that back. Um, we we watch TV. You know, she watches Nick Jr. a lot with the kids, um, the kids programming, Dorothy Explorer, et cetera, et cetera, to, you know, to kind of get her to calm down. But at 10 o'clock, it switches over to Nick Mom. And I saw her on Nick Mom, uh, Nick Mom Night Out, and she's really funny. Um, and I just thought, man, she'd be great to have on the show. We've had a couple of male comedians on, Michael Jr. and Thor Ramsey, who, by the way, still hates Matt's job. Um, <laughs> but Lisa is going to be on the program, so excited about that. Um, and possibly we're going to have NASCAR driver Casey Janis with us, and we'll see about that. But, folks, make sure you tune in next week. Pure Gold Radio, of course, here on Iron Brown Radio 1640. Um, folks, just thanks so much to Lisa Mateo. Thank you for all for listening. And uh, for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold. 
reminding you to always keep it's it PG. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. See you everyone.